Our top story on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter, the first Monday of December and our first Monday with the mayor of this month, joined live by Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum. Good morning. Good morning. Since it's the uh, first day of December, let's uh, start with the city's winter weather prep. I know they had a big news conference last week. Everybody seemed confident. Are you confident? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this is something that we really start preparing for uh, over the summer, um, making sure we have acquired all the materials that we need. And then our team does uh, months of tune-ups on all of our uh, fleet of plows and vehicles, as you imagine, they get the daylights beat out of them oh, yeah. running 24 hours a day uh, during storms to clean them up. And so they spend a lot of time getting them all fixed up and tuned up. Uh, we have a number of uh, new plow fronts on several of our, our vehicles, which uh, I didn't even know until oh. I was visiting with Tim McCorkle, our, our guy that runs the whole operation, that these typical plow you've got to replace it uh, a lot throughout because of the damage that it will inflict it gets uh and these new plows uh, are much stronger and can last a lot longer so all that to say um we we feel good i would say if if there's one thing i'm frustrated with it's the supply chain and the slowness uh, that we're getting on uh, the new trucks that we need for our fleet that the taxpayers have funded that we've placed the orders on yeah, the uh, pace of manufacturing those is just glacial. I guess you kind of answered my next question, which, you know, we, we remember when you told us about sticking your foot through the floorboard of, of one of those yep. trucks have has so some of those rust buckets are still in service. Oh, a lot of them are, uh, and it's not for lack of trying. And we have, by the way, the exact same issue with fire trucks too. We've got uh, over a dozen fire trucks ordered right now uh, that we're looking at two, two to three years is the the time frame that Chief Baker's telling me it could take to manufacture them. So it, it's unbelievable to me that in this day and age anything could take that long to manufacture. <laughs> right. uh, but wow. but that. On that side, that's the real challenge. We don't expect it to be quite as bad with these trucks on the street. But the good news is, uh, I mean, we've got the best fleet, fleet maintenance team independently ranked in, of any city in North America, and they do a really good job. But there's just only so much you can expect them to do. They've done a lot, uh, and they'll continue to do what we need to do to keep these trucks running and keep our streets clear. But we want to get those things replaced. Last week, the Cherokee Nation announced another cross-deputization agreement with another green country city. This time, it was actually the Cherokee capital, Tahlequah. Uh, Tahlequah police, now official deputies of the Cherokee Nation, allowing them to make direct arrests in Indian country and solving for them one of the problems left by the Supreme Court's McGirt ruling. There are roughly 30 other cities who've um, done the same. Now, you've said on this show... Lacking any help from Congress or the state legislature, you're looking to make direct agreements with the tribes. I, I, I know we've talked about this before, but our Tulsa cops, they're not cross-deputized, are they? Uh, actually, they, they are. Our they police are. officers are already cross-deputized. Uh, and and originally, we started doing that so that they could respond to incidents in, even before McGirt in okay. trust land or at the, the casinos. Um, but they are cross-deputized. The challenge for us, it and I've said this before, like uh, it, it isn't ticket revenue like that. I know for a lot of smaller communities, that's like one of the big sources of revenue yeah. for them. It is not for the city of Tulsa. Um, so the issue here is not who gets ticket revenue. The issue is who's making the laws and who do they apply to. And 
we we would prefer our great preference would be at least my preference would be that that our city ordinances apply to everybody who lives and works in Tulsa but we'd like to be recognized by each of the tribal governments in which we reside uh, and I'm fine with just like we are by the state of Oklahoma and the state of Oklahoma preempts things that that you know they say we're going to be in charge of this instead of the city I'm fine with the tribal nations doing the same um, and I, I've had I've discussed this with Chief Hoskin uh, we've discussed it again more recently I had lunch last week with Chief Hill and Second Chief Beaver from the, the Creek Nation and we discussed this so uh, our, our relationships there are really good um, and, and I understand that's a big concept for for the tribal nations and, and their legislative branches to work through it's a brand new concept but we're in a brand new situation here and I'm eager to get it resolved Last week, the state school board gave the Tulsa Public Schools a new list of things they expect to see improved at the districts to avoid, what, a loss of accreditation or a state takeover. We've heard from many who feel like the board and the superintendent, Ryan Walters, are moving the goalposts on the TPS. Do you see it that way? I So I'm going to defer on, on this every time to, to Dr. Ebony Johnson, our interim superintendent, I've, I'm planning to talk with her today. I've not had a chance to talk with her since the board meeting. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I want to be super clear. I have 100% confidence in her ability as superintendent to get TPS where it needs to be. Um, I think I've said this and I'll say it again. I think she is the right leader in the right place at the right time. She's a career educator in TPS uh, she does not make excuses. She holds TPS to high standards, and she's done a ton in just a short amount of time in that job. Um, my hope is, though, if, if the if the state board of education is going to set expectations, uh, and I have no problem with them expecting a lot from Tulsa schools, as I would I would think parents do too. I hope that they are also providing the support that's necessary to meet those expectations. It's not enough to just say, go do this. It needs to be, let's work together to accomplish this goal. Uh, and if that's the spirit in which it's happening, that'd be wonderful. Uh, I hope to understand the dynamics there a little bit more after I talk with Dr. Johnson. Uh, just a little follow-up on our chat last week about the new homeless initiative that uses an emergency detainment law and follow-up services to hopefully get people who are mentally ill treated and to get them and others in this program housed and on a path to a better life. Um, I know it's only been a week since we talked about it, but do you get a sense of how it's going? Um, well, I mean, we are working right now. We, we do not have, we're, I think we're, I think bringing a budget amendment forward to the city council either this week or next week okay. uh, to fund the housing side of it. So that, that's the, the key, one of the key changes we're making, uh, so that as we discussed on the show last week, so when people are detained so that they get mental health treatment, if they're not able, if they're a danger to themselves or others, and they need to get that mental health treatment, they get it. Yeah. Uh, that, and then that once, piece of it once, is, I'm sorry, that piece of it is active right now, right? Getting them that help. exists. Yes. It's not as widely used as it needs to be though. Okay. And one of the problems is, that when people are released from that, if they're homeless, they don't have anywhere to go. And so they don't have someone making sure they stay on their medication or they get 
continued counseling that they need. Uh, and so what we are proposing to do, uh, utilizing uh, federal funds that the city receives, uh, would be to provide temporary emergency temporary housing. And then we're partnering with the Tulsa Housing Authority to get longer term housing for those folks, all of which they would also have caseworkers working with them while they're in that housing to make sure they continue to get all the services that they need to stay mentally healthy uh, and get back on their feet. So that that's moving forward. We have to present a, a budget amendment to the city council here uh, in, uh, this week or next uh, to get that funded. Uh, and then our, our goal is to get it up and running as soon as possible. And using settlement money from the opioid state opioid settlement, right? That is correct. Uh-huh. Okay, so that leads us to the open mic question we got after uh, our discussion last week. I'm going to play that for you, and then we got an answer. I'll play that as well, and you tell me if the answer's (laughs) right, okay? I think the homeless detainment program is a great idea, but why is it being funded with opioid settlement money? That money was supposed to be set aside to help abate the opioid crisis. As a local first responder, I can tell you that 99% of our homeless population is addicted to opioids and other narcotics and alcohol. So you see that as two overlapping circles there, the opioid settlement and the opioid crisis and the homeless crisis? That is exactly right. The, 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 the answer to the question is that the purpose of the funds is to abate the impact of uh, the opioid epidemic in Tulsa. And, and we believe one of the big impacts of that uh, has been an increase in homelessness in our city. Uh, and so getting people, and in particular folks who are, who are again, the, you only get into this specific program we're talking about if you're a danger to yourself or others. And a lot of the time that comes from uh, drug addiction, which somebody needs that help to get out of. Uh, and that's the purpose of this program. Mayor, enjoyed it as always. We'll talk again next week. Thank you so much. Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.